Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah. He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tons of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So, look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You mean forced? Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill. And I am George. And welcome back, George. Good to have you back on board, mate. I had to go a couple of episodes without you. I'm not used to that anymore. I know. I, you know, I'm glad that in the first episode we talked about my travel schedule because uh, I was in Detroit, Michigan, which was not like the best place ever. And uh, with the time difference, it was like 2.30 a.m. Uh, for me to do a podcast with you, and I had a flight at six, so it was a no-go. It was a no-go. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back, mate, and I'll tell you what, it's good to have you on board today because uh, you've been able to help me out with a bit of uh, pronunciation. You know, my uh, my Aussie accent was struggling with our, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure, Southern American, South American uh, name that I had to pronounce here, and so uh, this today we are welcoming, I'm, I'm going to give it a go, George, we'll see how I go, but we're welcoming Kate Jaramillo. And uh, to the show, yes. and uh, she is a wow, certified. Did I get it? Yes. All right. So she's a certified group fitness instructor and a ketogenic living expert. She wholeheartedly believes in the power of a ketogenic lifestyle to burn fat, clear brain fog, conquer sugar addiction, treat, prevent, and cure chronic and life-threatening diseases. Her online programs help make this lifestyle and business opportunity accessible to busy people trying to juggle it all. She's got a degree in communications, which is going to be great to talk about. Experience leading group fitness classes and has a unique ability to communicate effectively to a room full of individuals who are hungry to make a lifestyle change. So, welcome to the show, Kate. How would I go? Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on tonight. 
Uh, it's great to have you on board. And uh, so tell us a bit about you, Kate. Um, how did you get int- so interested and so passionate about this keto lifestyle? So it all started like 10 years ago when I became a spinning instructor. And that, (laughs) I used to never go to the gym. And then I started working for the Chamber of Commerce in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we just happened to have a membership, like a company membership to the best gym in the city. And I took my first spin class and I was just hooked. Like I loved the dark atmosphere. I loved the loud music. I was like, this is like a club on a bike. It's awesome. So, um, I just started going to the gym a lot, like from nothing to kind of being like a gym rat, lots of spin classes, not that much strength training. Um, and you know, blessed with kind of good genetics. So I was able to stay thin, um, despite just doing hours of cardio and not doing any strength training. And actually it was after the birth of my first daughter, who's actually, she just turned seven today, um, that I decided not to go back to work. We moved down to Miami, Florida. And I just kind of like took some time to figure out what I wanted to do. And uh, there was a spin studio around the corner of where we were living. And I just happened to pop in and I was like, Hey, are you guys looking for instructors? I teach. And they were like, yeah. So I started teaching there. And it was really at that kind of point in my life that I decided that I could make fitness and nutrition a career and something that I could do from home. So I, I got involved with a direct sales company that was involved with fitness and nutrition. And even though that really wasn't my jam, I learned a lot about entrepreneurship and it really propelled me to continuing my education in nutrition and getting a lot of other um, fitness certificates. So during my time in the Institute of Nutritional Leadership with Dr. Josh Axe, I mentored with him and he was talking about leveraging the ketogenic diet with his patients who had significant amount of weight to lose. And that really grabbed my attention again, not because I had significant weight to lose, but because I had groups of clients who had completely plateaued in their fitness, no matter how far down they cut calories, how many containers they counted points they counted, um, hours of cardio or strength training that they were doing, they were totally stuck. So I approached these clients and asked if they would be willing to go on a ketogenic journey with me. It sounded totally crazy because it was the complete opposite of everything that we knew and truthfully, everything that I had been telling clients to do. But I had six women who were willing to jump on board because they kind of had hit rock bottom. They were totally plateaued. They had nowhere else to go. So in eight weeks of me just kind of figuring things out, doing all the research that I could, I was kind of becoming obsessed with this ketogenic lifestyle. I just coached them through what I knew to be keto. And in eight weeks time, these women, the average amount of weight loss was 20 pounds after not losing anything for months. So I knew that I was onto something. I bought like every single book out there. I've listened to every podcast, read all these books, all the articles. Like I said, I I just kind of became obsessed with it. And now this has been the life that I've chosen to live for a few years now. It's not only has it helped me and like countless clients lose weight, which is great. It's so important to me because of how I feel. 
I, I finally don't hit that 3 p.m. energy slump anymore. I feel like I'm nicer to my kids and my husband. I finally kicked a lifelong battle with sugar addiction. And this is really important to me. So I'm adopted. I don't know anything about my family health history. Although I do have the 23andMe kit. I haven't even sent that in yet. But I don't know anything about my family health history. So I know that this is the way for me to live, to be able to treat, prevent, fight any potential chronic or life-threatening diseases, you know, including some cancers, Alzheimer's, you know, other age-related cognitive decline, fatty liver disease. And I've got little girls and a husband and a great family, and I'm going to do everything that I can in my power to be around for them. And this is the way that I know how to do it. Okay. So, wow. So <laughs> I'm let, let's start here. So I have a couple like, uh, like congratulations, like those women that crushed it with the 20 pounds. That is absolutely amazing. Um, but secretly I still want to know about that chocolate cake for your seven-year-old daughter's birthday, because the picture on your totally. Instagram is absolutely like, it looks, I'm, I'm going to use the word that nobody likes, but it looks so moist and delicious. Yes. It totally is. It totally is. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I want to eat it. So I love oh God. Dude, I mean, this is, this is amazing. I love, I love everything that you're sharing. I love the passion. I have a very similar story. You know, I was bulimic for 15 years, gained and lost hundred pounds. And I used keto yeah. for like six years, uh, yeah. which is really, really interesting. Cause the question I'm about to ask you is one that, uh, that hit me hard. So, mm -hmm. uh, adrenal fatigue, uh, yeah, was, yeah. was my down spiral. It was my overtraining, not sleeping enough and then throwing keto on top of it to the point where I basically had to like give up working out for like eight or nine months, no caffeine, sleep 10, 12 hours a night. It was, it was rough. And I know, I know you deal with this. I know I saw something on your website about adrenal fatigue. So can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about it? Because I feel like one of the problems is that it's such a common thing and people don't even understand that they could have it or what the symptoms are, you know, like reverse cortisol, you know, tired and mm -hmm. wired and not, I mean, you know what I mean? Like all those little things. So I know you have a little bit of insight in this one. So would you mind sharing? Absolutely. And this is something that I'm super passionate about. And maybe this is how you and I know each other. <laughs> um, so like my entire life, I feel like I've been on overdrive. Like I'm just super busy all the time. That's just who I am. And at one point it was actually pretty early on in my keto journey. I was still teaching like, I don't know, like 14 group fitness classes a week and coming home and doing these like at home workouts because I just felt like I, I needed to. And, and not only was it just so unhealthy for my body. I mean, I dropped down to like 13% body fat, 113 pounds. And I'm 5'5. Five, five. And even though, like, I look back at pictures at that time and I'm like, oh my God, I kind of missed that body. But I know I was not healthy then, like, not getting my period, like, just, I just, just a mess on the inside. So this was, you know, like a couple years ago. And then last summer, um, so it was like a year later, um, we were, a lot of things were happening all at once in my life. Like, we were moving all of a sudden, like unexpectedly we were moving, which meant we were selling our house. We had to find somewhere else to live. I had to change my kid's school. I was launching a bunch of different things with my business. We had a travel schedule and it was after all, it was like a buildup of all these years and, you know, restricting my carbohydrates so much and living on a lot more caffeine 
than I should have been because I just was breaking down and just figuring out how to push a little bit harder. Man, my adrenals just tanked and I didn't really understand what was happening until I researched it more. And as soon as I figured out what it was with like the the saliva test and all that, I felt like all of the feelings and I could barely get out of bed, let alone, you know, continue to teach several group fitness classes per week. So what I did was I hooked up with a naturopath who really got me on a better path. So I did give up caffeine. What I ended up doing now, you know, I know that like dairy, you know, sugar, those processed carbohydrates, I knew that those weren't good for me either. So maybe being very low carb, maybe wasn't the best thing, but also adding in the wrong types of carbs, I knew were going to be detrimental too. And, you know, of course, like caffeine and, and alcohol. Um, so instead of doing bulletproof coffee, I started making dandelion tea and making like a bulletproof coffee out of that. Um, I stopped tracking macros and I upped my intake of berries. I made sure that I was eating a ton of leafy greens and I made sure that I was actually supplementing the right way too. I I haven't ever been somebody that's super big on supplements. Um, but I did listen to the advice of my naturopath because I was just determined to get well. Like, you know, here I am summertime, my kids are home and I was like laid up on the couch for a couple months. So, um, that's really what I did. And I just really listened to her and I was able to heal pretty quickly. The bigger thing though, outside of the changes that I made to like what I was putting into my body, the amount of exercise that I was doing, the fact that I stopped, you know, tracking macros, um, this stress factor, you know, we, people that have adrenal fatigue, we're always told like, oh, well, just reduce your stress. Okay. Like easier said than done, especially those of us who just like, you know, live a life and we have responsibilities. Um, it's really hard to just not feel stress. So I got help with how I was just dealing with it. And I really need personal care priority. So still, I mean, like I'll soak in like an Epsom salt bath. So I let that magnesium seep into my skin. Um, I started using the insight timer app, which is a free app for meditation. Um, and I really made that, um, a part of my practice. I made gratitude a part of my daily practice. Um, and that's really how I got through it. And this was a year ago. And I can tell you, I'm at a point now where there's kind of, I feel like it's like all happening again. Like there's a lot of stuff happening in my business. We're moving again. Like we're closing on our house at the end of this month. Um, my girls are coming out of school. I got all of the things and I felt it happening. I felt that tired, but wired feeling. I felt the emotions coming in. I felt myself getting like fluffy, like developing different food sensitivities, you know, cause my gut health was, was starting to be affected. And I was like, Oh my God, like I just have to step back, like really make self-care a priority again and start saying no to certain things like certain asks and commitments and things like that. Um, and not only saying no, but like asking for more help around my house, um, asking for help from like my husband and our, and our family who kind of lives far away. Um, and that's something that like, I'm not really used to doing. I kind of like being wonder woman and just doing it all, but, um, I I can't, 
I'm not willing to ever sacrifice my health like that again. Okay, I love your honesty around that. Like, I love the fact you've just come out and said, you know, it's an ongoing challenge and it's been a challenge for you recently because I think that's so important for people to hear and to understand that, that that is really the case for all of us and all of us have times when we have a lot going on. I was just talking to George off air. We've had a big week at our place this week. We had My practice got burgled. I've been trying to set up my new laptop. It's just mm-hmm. everything's been happening this week. And so we all have times like that and it's really important, I think, for people to understand that and I guess following on from the conversation around this and around the adrenal fatigue and what you were talking about, about not counting your macros, you know, it seems like, you know, over the last couple of years, keto has been a really big thing. You know, it's it's like the number one search diet, it seems, for, for everyone looking into it. And, and people are, as you said, getting great results. But it seems like in the last six months, there's been a lot of people talking about whether doing keto all the time is a good idea. And people are now talking about maybe cycling in and out of keto. And mm-hmm. you know, my, my dear friend Cindy O'Meara, who does the Up for a Chat podcast on our Wellness Couch Network, you know, she was talking about you know, seasonality around keto and suggesting that you know, it would make sense that you know, wherever you lived in the world, there would be some times during the year where lots of fruits and vegetables grew and then maybe other times during the year where there weren't as many fruits and vegetables and maybe people were naturally going more ketogenic. And, and that maybe that... That sort of seasonal approach or, or the, you know, switching in and out of keto might be a good way to go. What are your thoughts around that, Kate? I think that that definitely works for some people. I think that some people do really well staying in a constant state of ketosis. I think others do better cycling in and out. And I think that some people maybe just don't feel good on keto at all. So, Um, I I think it's really just listening to your body and figuring out what works best for you. I will say though, that I think that one, it's really important for one to become fat adapted, like keto adapted, if they are considering a cyclical ketosis lifestyle. Um, And I say this because I, I see people early on who are, you know, kind of dipping their toe in with this lifestyle and they're wondering right away when they can have pizza again or when they can have, you know, pasta or cake or something like that again. And, um, and there's, there's a lot of issues with that. Obviously, you know, we want them to like, obviously power themselves on the most whole healthy food sources. But if you are starting something with the intention to stop and to figure out how soon you can stop, I think it's probably just not going to work out for you. Um, and, and I do see the benefits of cyclical ketosis, but I think, I think it's important too, for people to find which types of foods feel good for them. I have a friend, a good friend of mine who cycles in and out simply by kind of just, you know, the quote unquote clean eating. So, you know, she did keto for a few months and, um, she's actually somebody who has struggled with emotional eating and some eating disorders. And she felt like tracking her macros all the time was something that was triggering her. So instead of allowing that to continue to happen, she kind of slowly switched out of being in a state of ketosis to just kind of eating, you know, clean foods, organic foods that, you know, were grown from the ground or a tree or had a mom. Um, and, and she's staying with that for now because she knows that adding in certain things, like even certain vegetables, even certain fruits doesn't make her feel good. So she stays away from those. Um, but she probably will come back to keto, um, you know, when she's looking to like 
gain a little bit more mental clarity and focus, maybe lose a little bit of weight again. Um, I sometimes, I, I like, you know, I've been in, in the state of ketosis for quite some time. And because I've developed this like metabolic flexibility, even when I eat a lot of carbohydrates in one sitting, I don't even really get kicked out of ketosis. What does kick me out of ketosis is alcohol in like any form of alcohol. So, um, I don't drink for many reasons. Um, actually that's not true. My friend was here a few weeks ago and I, I drank with her, but I was on the couch the next day. So that's why I don't drink. Um, but I do know that certain foods affect me. Like I can definitely eat a sweet potato, no problem. And I feel really good. But if I sat down and had like a bowl of quinoa, I'd be bloated for days. Mm. So mm. I think that cyclical ketosis can work if you are intuitive about your eating, that you listen to your body and you choose the right foods that make you feel good. Yeah, I love I love the focus on like how it makes you feel, right? It's such a it's such a simple concept, but I feel like it's one that we from a societal perspective have been trained to ignore, right? Like we we have commercials about like how it's funny when you get gas from eating legumes, right? Like we desensationalize it so people continue to eat it. So I love that you talk about that. And and on that feeling front, I have a question from you because you as a woman who lives a ketogenic lifestyle, uh, you know, for me, like 92% of my audience is women and a lot of them have done keto. But the one thing that I always see is that um, the one question is when women lose their periods, like they stop having them and like all the hormonal changes and differences. So um, I know you mentioned that you went through that as well. And I think it's a super important topic to cover. So I can't think of anyone more qualified than you. Yeah. And, and some, well, there are a lot of women too, that find that keto helps to balance their, their hormones, especially those that have been dealing with PCOS. But it's interesting because some of, some of the women that, that, well, I, I was one of them. I was kind of, you know, quote unquote healthy, I guess in general before I started keto and, and I lost my period due to losing too much weight. And I wasn't like the version of keto that I started with is not how I keto now, like how I, how I started eating keto was just staking like very low carb, um, eating a lot of fat, but I was eating a lot of like fat bombs. I was eating a lot of dairy, um, I don't do that anymore. And I see women having problems with like mainly with like protein. I don't feel that they eat enough. This is what I've seen a lot in my, my in my practice. Um, women take that moderate protein approach and you know, they'll hit their, they'll, they'll stay right at their carb limit per day. And they may stay like right at, or maybe even a little bit above or something in their fat, but their protein is like really low, like below 0.6 grams per pound of lean body weight. And that's causing a lot of problems. I mean, they're experiencing like hair loss, droopy skin, um, missing their periods. So, um, so there's that. And I, I do see a lot of that on the, on the topic of hormonal change though, I do know that once you kind of clean up your diet and you take out a lot of those sugars and those, those processed carbohydrates, um, your body can go through a process of 
re-regulation. Um, and for me, I don't, I don't think that I didn't dip to a really low body fat percentage and weight right away. Um, I did notice that my period became a little bit irregular in the beginning, but I was also coming from a point of, again, like eating okay, exercising a lot, but a lot of sugar in my diet, like a lot of sugar. And I tell this story a lot, but right before I started keto, my mom had sent down a bag of those Cadbury mini eggs were from Hershey, Pennsylvania, BT dubs. So like I grew up with chocolate milk in my bottle. Um, she sent down like one of those three pound bags. I ate that three pound bag of Cadbury mini eggs in like five days. I just let it sit out on my counter in the kitchen. And every time I walked by, I was like grabbing handfuls of it and eating it. Um, so I think the process of, of my body balancing hormones was, um, was increasing insulin sensitivity. I think that like I was somebody who was becoming insulin resistant and you would have never known that by looking at me. Um, and we, we talk about, you know, the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone hormones, but we don't talk enough about like insulin and the role that that plays in, in our estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. Like we don't talk about that enough. And so I think that sometimes the irregularities in the beginning are pretty normal when, you know, when your insulin is like kind of like balancing itself out. But like, if you go too low carb for your body, if you go too low carb, like some people feel great at zero carb. I hated that. I tried it. Couldn't do it. Didn't feel good for me at all. I felt totally lethargic and terrible. Um, but some people do really well about that with, with that lifestyle. Um, I can't remember her name. It's totally escaping me right now, but she's like big into like the carnivore keto lifestyle. Amber O'Hearn, I think. And amazing. She does really well with it. Um, but some women drop that low in carbohydrates. They feel terrible. They miss their periods. Their hair is falling out. Um, same thing with like with the issue with protein. They're not eating enough protein. So their hormones are getting all messed up. Their hair is falling out. Um, so it's really, really, really important to find the right balance of macros that not only works for like weight loss, but is actually like healing your body. We can all, we can all lose weight, right? I mean, there are healthy ways to lose weight and there are unhealthy ways to lose weight. And all three of us know, and all of our, all of your listeners know that you can lose weight. It, it, so it shouldn't really be about that, right? Like, I think we should just go out there and be like, all right, like, I'm just going to be super healthy and feeling awesome all the time. Yeah. I, I lost weight, Kate, when I got a divorce and stopped eating for three weeks. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, wasn't like the healthiest way to do it. It wasn't, it wasn't great for my body. So I think it's a great perspective you've got around that. And I think it's a really important perspective to have. And I think it was a great question, George. Um, and I'm going to change tact a little bit because I'm really curious about uh, your background. I think one of the unique things you have is you, you have a background in communications. And so I'm really curious to sort of uh, hear you talk about um, how you communicate keto, and, and I guess for people who are listening who maybe want to take up and, and try out this approach and, and possibly want to get members of their family or their partners or their friends on board with this sort of approach, I'd love you to give them some tips around communication, uh, both towards uh, other people, but also I guess I think communication towards yourself is a really important aspect of that as well. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it all boils down to figuring out what works best for you. And that's why like, you know, these macro calculators available are awesome. But at the end of the day, like you still have to do what's feeling really good for you. So just because something comes up where you're like, you should eat 20 net grams of carbs and however much protein, if that doesn't, in fat, if it doesn't feel good for you past, you know, getting through the keto flu, um, you got to stop, you got to make changes until you find out, you know, you find your keto, you find your fitness. Um, so when I was <laughs> embarking on this journey with my family, um, they were really like, well, my husband was just like super confused. I mean, he's from, he's Latin American. He grew up like eating like rice, beans, arepas, like those are comfort foods to him. So when I was like, I'm not eating this anymore. He was like, well, not that I ever really ate a lot of it, but he was like, what do you mean? Like, that's so weird. Um, but I was like, I'm going to be, I'm doing like keto and this is what it is. I was like, it's, it's low carb and high fat. And that's kind of how I explained it. He's like, what, like, what does that even mean? And, and I see the misconceptions out there now. I feel like I get tagged and stuff all the time. It's like, look at my keto meal. And it's like a bunch of like weird stuff with lots of like mayonnaise. It's got a ton of like omega six weird hydrogenated oils and stuff. I'm like, no, that is not the way to really be healthy. So when I'm talking to people about the ketogenic lifestyle and what it is, I explain that it is low carb, high healthy fat and moderate amounts of protein. So carbohydrate sources should be coming from really high quality foods like, you know, dark leafy green vegetables that are not very starchy. I eat a lot of greens like spinach, kale, sometimes um, Swiss chard, collard greens, broccoli, cauliflower, cucumber, radish, celery, sometimes Brussels sprouts. Like those are kind of in the rotation for us a lot. My carbohydrate sources are also some like seeds and nuts that I really like that are, you know, kind of low, lower in carbohydrates. So I don't eat a lot of like cashews, but I do eat a lot of macadamia nuts and pecans. When I'm looking at fats, I always have to explain that these are healthy fats. So again, while, you know, certain things may taste really good, are they really nutritious? So when I describe healthy fats, I'm talking about like everything avocado, everything coconut, um, you know, unsweetened nut milks, um, high quality olive oil. Um, like, and, and I really like to lead with fatty cuts of protein because I think that, you know, high quality animal fat is like the best, the best fat fuel for our bodies. And then when we talk about moderate amounts of protein, this is where figuring out what your body fat percentage is, is really important because we're looking at, you know, 0.6 up to like one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. So it's important to know what your body fat percentage is. And you can get this information by getting, you know, going to the doctor's office, getting a DEXA scan. Um, using a capillar, there are different um, resources online that you can type in your measurements and stuff too. They're not as um, as spot on, as accurate, but they're pretty good. So that's important because you do want to know like how much protein you should consume. Some people start off with doing like a one to one ratio of healthy fats and protein. And I like that. I like that as a start. 
And then you can slowly play with the numbers there. You can kind of just slowly up your fats a little bit more and maybe lower your protein never below 0.6 grams per pound of lean body weight. Because again, like we don't ever want to lose muscle. So again, this idea of losing weight, it's not losing weight. You probably want to lose body fat, but you want to preserve or gain your beautiful, amazing lean muscle. So this is, and and you've got to, I mean, you've got to eat enough protein in order to do that. All right. So yeah, go ahead. We're getting close. So I got a speed question for you. You ready? Yeah. So I know you see it all the time. You see all these people tagging you in posts, right? Like mayonnaise here and like fat on fat on fat. It's all the wrong stuff. It's super, super common, right? Mm -hmm. So as quick as possible, because I want like it just to be easy, no overwhelm. Everybody gets a simple choice. What are three amazing meals that somebody that's interesting trying keto or starting keto can make or eat to get them like a taste of what it tastes like? So what are like your top three go-to keto meals? So when I'm really busy... I grab a rotisserie chicken, like the naked rotisserie chicken from Whole Foods. I grab a bag of baby spinach and I cover it up in like one whole avocado. So that's one. I have an instant pot that I'm obsessed with. So I'll make like nice pork shoulder in there and then I'll serve it up with like a cup of um, uh, broccoli, steamed broccoli that's covered in like some beautiful grass fed ghee. And on mornings or just when I want a snack, I hard-boiled egg. I hard-boiled boil eggs again in my Instant Pot because it's so easy and it cracks and the shells come right off. And then I put Primal Kitchen Chipotle Lime mayonnaise, um, with the avocado oil mayonnaise, on the halves of those, of those hard-boiled eggs. And it just like sends you to the moon. It's awesome. All right. I reckon that's a great spot to finish because I'm feeling hungry now. That sounded great. Um, so, Kate, uh, thank you so much for coming on board the show today. Um, obviously, everyone's going to want to find out more about you. And so, they can head to your website, which is ketogenicliving101.com. They can find you all over social media. You can perhaps have a look for that chocolate cake George was talking about. So, Keto Living 101 on Facebook, Keto Living Kate on Instagram, and Keto Living Kate on Twitter. Um, so, thank you so much for coming on board. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. It's been my pleasure. I love talking to you guys. You're amazing. I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Kate. For everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. I realized in this time that I couldn't keep waiting for love from other people. I couldn't keep expecting love from other sources. So I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm going to prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com.
This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.